Hello everyone, and welcome to the Divorce Dad Diaries, and I'm your host, Stéphane Dutra. So before we start the episode, uh, the first episode of the year actually, I wanted to take the opportunity to wish you all a very, very happy new year. And as I always say, and you know, that's one thing I always wish for everyone, it's a lot of health. I mean, without health, everything else is uh, really irrelevant, really. So hopefully uh, everybody's healthy. You are, your friends and family, also wishing for a great year, a better year than last year. That's why I always tell myself, you know, every year to be a bit better than last year. So I know for some of you is a bit challenging, but uh, hopefully this year there'll be a lot of chances to get closer to the ones you love and maybe to get some closures and less issues. So I wish you all the best year to come in 2023. So this week for this episode, as you probably noticed, just looking at the title, I'll be talking about to serve or not to serve. So as we discussed before, you know, a lot of times when you go through a separation, the first step really that you do is try to do it amicably. And for that, usually we'll go and try to write down or kind of get some kind of, you know, divorce agreement, if you want, between the two parties. So that works if the two parties are willing to do it and they're willing to sit down. And uh, if everybody agrees about pretty much everything, or at least the big topics, you know, what about the home, the money, and the kids, usually. So if there's agreements already before that, it's pretty easy. So you just basically have to find maybe a mediator. If you want to have some outside opinions and ID on how to uh, write an agreement, or at the end of the day, you could even do it yourself. So the challenge really for all this is to agree on what will be in that document. So what happens is, you know, it's something that basically I've never really talked much in detail in my previous episodes. And it's something that I realized definitely very important. And I think I'm not the only one realizing that. I thought that it would be a great topic for this episode just to talk about basically, you know, what it is, uh, when to do it, uh, you know, what's part of that document as well, uh, how's the serving works and things like that. So just those steps. And again, it's something that might kind of look and feel a bit excessive at the beginning because you said, you know what? I'll, I'll make sure that we agree upon and we, we basically write down what we want, but. Definitely, at some point in time, it kind of becomes necessary, and I'll explain why uh, it does. So, uh, if I go back a bit, like on my story, just to give a bit of perspective and 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 what happened on that front, is uh, you know, at first when we decided to separate, I really thought everything would be kind of done amicably, and uh, that was the agreement between us. But at the end, you know, we tried some mediators, and uh, actually, we tried two. Never worked out, um, never kind of got to an agreement between each other and even with what the, the mediator was saying. So it was really kind of stalling. And at that point, as I mentioned in my previous episode, it was a bit challenging because obviously I was the only one working at the time and I was paying mortgage. I was paying pretty much all the expenses. And at the same time, I was paying uh, my new apartment and every th- and all the expenses on my side as well. So I was kind of stuck with two, uh, basically two lives together and money was bleeding quite fast. So having all that dragging and, and really not giving results, I was kind of a bit desperate. So that's where I decided to get a lawyer just to help because at that point I didn't know what to do. So I got a lawyer and, you know, talked about her about, about my situation and, and what was happening. 
And basically, it had been a couple of years that we were trying to get the mediation going and get the agreement. It didn't work. And it was pretty much, uh, you know, nothing was moving. And, and the problem is at that time, until you have the agreement or until you go to court, it's pretty much a statue quo. So I wasn't able to just say, you know what, I'll stop paying the mortgage because I don't live in the house. Or, you know what, I'll stop paying your car because, you know, we're separated now. So what happens is until you get basically uh, in front of a judge and you finally get kind of judgment or court order and the agreement is going in front and is approved, basically it's, a, it's, it's mostly the statute quo. And to protect, I guess, you know, both parties as well, like I said, makes sense. But it doesn't make sense when it takes so long and at the same time you're, you know, you're the only breadwinner and you're the only one basically taking care of everything. So it was definitely becoming a big, big challenge. So something had to be done. Yeah. So that, at that point, I got a reference for a lawyer from my brother and I went to see her and we started discussing and she said, you know what? The thing you have to do, you have to basically come up with a document and serve the paper, the divorce paper to her officially. So that way, when you start serving the paper, everything, you know, the clock start ticking. And basically, there's a time for resolution at that point. And the lawyer at that point as well does all the follow-ups and everything. So the most important thing is once you serve the paper, they have a certain time to respond and the clock starts ticking. And, you know, as much as it's a shock for the other party sometimes, um, it kind of shows how serious you are and how serious the situation is. and Again, it helps making things going forward. So a lot of times, I mean, I hear people and, you know, discussing with friends and reading and, and, you know, I hear people that they trying to make an, to have an agreement and they don't really want to officially get a lawyer and serve the paper or just serve the paper. Again, you don't necessarily need a lawyer. Obviously, I would suggest it because, uh, they, they, you know, they know what they're talking about. They suggest a format and my lawyer took care of everything. So we just had a couple of meetings and she, she drafted uh, an agreement on that one and, uh, you know, I reviewed it and we discussed and she took care of basically everything, getting, getting it signed and, and sending it to my ex. So for that, that was great. Again, when you don't know what to do, it's, it's really quite uh, helpful. Another thing, I mean, just a little parenthesis on there. I'm talking about lawyers and maybe, maybe that would be another great topic of a, for an episode. But knowing what I know now, I would definitely have taken a lawyer a lot earlier, probably at the beginning. And I know it's a lot of money and I know, you know, you have to put some time, uh, some money aside uh, for them. And uh, yeah, it's definitely not cheap. But if I look at my situation and how much money I, I wasted during those couple of years at the beginning, paying for, like I said, I had pretty much two lives in parallel. And if I saw like the time and not only the money, but the time you waste and everything, everything started moving when I, when I got a lawyer. So I really, if I had to go back in time and redo all this. I think that's the first thing I would do is basically try to find someone. So just that we're clear, I'm not saying, you know, actually I was saying to go and get a lawyer as soon as possible. But uh, the <laughs> the idea is was we can try with a mediator and see where it goes, but definitely not to waste time on that, especially if you're looking for a quick resolution. I mean, if uh, if everybody's okay and, you know, you know, both both parties have jobs and basically everybody's paying their own side. I think you can go with mediation and uh, it's not a problem. Or like I said before, if everybody's kind of uh, getting along and there's no issue on that, yes, definitely a mediator is a good idea. And as well, I remember uh, the last mediator that we had actually suggested that we would get a lawyer. So, And they do the same thing. You know, they take care of, of drafting the agreement 
and actually it's not true what well, the lawyer does, but uh, the mediator help drafting the agreement with the discussion with between uh, the two parties. But they always recommend before doing anything and before filing uh, to have it reviewed by a lawyer. So each party, they tell each party, the mediator says, you know what, you guys should get uh, a lawyer and can't be the same for obvious reason. So they always strongly suggest that uh, the agreement that is drafted during those sessions to have it reviewed by by a lawyer to make sure it makes sense and that it's fair and that nothing was forgotten. I think it's uh, it's a an investment and again very expensive and probably even more expensive in some of the cases uh, in the U.S. But at least worth it at the beginning to get things moving. So as I said before, I got the lawyer. I was thinking, so how do you file for divorce? Right? I mean. You went through separation and you want to make it official. And like I said, there's different, uh, different ways of doing it, but I think it's, uh, it's important to kind of look at how to file for divorce. So again, I did a bit of research and uh, tried to put a bit of structure in, in, and the different steps. So this can obviously vary, but I think uh, the steps I'll go through are kind of the main steps for filing for divorce. So obviously the first step, you decide to get a divorce and separate from your spouse. So again, that means that depending where you live, you might have different rules. You might have to, uh, if it's a no fault or fault divorce, or you might have to, to be separated from that person for at least a year. So there's different ways of doing it. But basically, you know, you decide to go forward for divorce. Uh, often they will ask for the separation date because of that. So the reason they ask is depending what type of divorce you get, we might need a year for before you can be filed. So step one, obviously you decide that. Uh, step two, there's the divorce application. So like I said, each province and uh, probably states and everything have different sets of forms, but uh, you can probably uh, go on their website, either the state or the province and uh, get uh, the forms that you need to be filled. You can get the forms from the lawyer as well or a mediator. Like I mentioned before, I mean, uh, I'll probably have another episode as well on mediation, but depending where you live, like for example, here in the province of Quebec, the government gives about five hours of mediation for free, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, you can go to a mediator like for five hours and, and it's completely free if you have kids. So that helps kind of getting things going. So uh, the step three is to basically determine the grounds for filing the divorce. That will basically tell you if it's a no-fault or a fault divorce. Again, depending of the jurisdiction and if you live in the U.S., in Canada, or if even other country, uh, the first thing I would check is uh, if there's a no-fault divorce in your uh, respective uh, country or province or state. And, uh, you know, like I said, there might be some requirements. So, for example, the no-fault divorce here, they require a year of separation. So, basically, if tomorrow morning I decide to get a divorce, I need a year separated from my spouse to be able to file. So, by the time you get separated, that's why I'm saying the date is important, because by the time you get separated, sometimes you have to count a year. The second type of a ground for filing divorce is also fault divorces. So the fault divorces are filed under the ground of, so you can have adultery, if there's any cheating or cruelty, if there's a violence involved and things like that. Obviously, uh, you don't have to wait a year on that. And this is basically uh, enough to have a divorce as soon as possible, provided that you come with evidence about that too, to substantiate your claim. So definitely you have to get all those proofs. And usually, again, you can do it by yourself if you want, but you can also get a lawyer and get legal representation on that front uh, just to make sure everything is covered. So again, step three, no fault or fault divorces. So the step four is it's basically determining if your divorce is contested or uncontested. 
and you have to specify what type of divorce it is on your application. So uncontested divorce, as it says, usually it's, you know, both partners agree. So there's no complication there. And there's a contested divorce when basically there's, uh, the spouses do not agree to get a divorce or there are, uh, terms and things that are not agreed between the two, uh, the two sides. So in that case, basically, you know, both parties have to file a separate divorce application. And that's where, like I said, both of them uh, file a separate uh, application and you need to have some agreement in there too that are worked on. So there's, there's a few more steps definitely if it's contested. The step five, uh, if there's a child or children involved, that would basically be a thing that you have to work on. So you have to work on the divorce agreement, the parenting agreement, custody, support, and all this stuff. If it's a contested divorce, I mean, each party will provide what they want and trying to work on that and get an agreement between the two parties. Uh, if it's uncontested, it might be like both parties agree on how to deal with all this. So it's just a matter of putting that in the document. And basically, once that is done, the lawyer, in my case, uh, took the papers and actually took care of serving them. And uh, that's it. You have to wait until the, the serve. Usually, um, usually it's pretty quick. I mean, if I look at my situation, by the time the agreement on my side was drafted and the papers were served, you know, it was maybe a couple of days after the agreement was, was done. It's very quick. It's basically getting a courier and just, you know, having them send over there. So that was quick. After the papers have been served, your spouse has usually uh, 30 days from the day they are served to respond. So that's why I was saying initially, it kind of starts a timer on things to be done. So now you can't just wait forever or pretend that it's this and that. You really have 30 days for it. If I look at the next step after 30 days are up, if there's no answer that was filed by your spouse, then you can uh, set down your divorce with the court by submitting an affidavit for divorce, a divorce order, and a clerk certificate. So, so those are the steps. If you look at uh, what happens, it's really uh, the trigger is really when the papers get filed and served that it starts. And uh, for me, that's what basically saved me because I'm sure we would have lasted uh, many, many more years after. That said, though, uh, it doesn't mean that you know the papers are served and the answer back to after the 30 days, everything goes super fast. It still took a couple of years because there was an answer, obviously, on on the uh, on the the serve uh, papers. But we never, we couldn't agree on agreements and we were going back and forth. So it was a very long process to basically be able to get to an agreement. At that time, at least, uh, you know, there was my lawyer involved and she was following up and, you know, she was helping making things go forward. So it went a lot faster again that uh, if, if I had waited uh, just staying in mediation or just doing it myself. So I want to go back a little bit about serving the paper. Like I talked before about the steps, you know, to filing for divorce, but um, just getting a bit more detail about how the serving the divorce application works. Like I said before, once you have filled the inf the information and the divorce application, it, they need to be served to your spouse. To do this right by law, you really need to ensure that you serve your spouse with the application for divorce and including all the other papers that are relevant for that. So depending where you are, like for me in Canada, there's some laws that govern all any legal papers can be served and just, you know, drop them in a mail box and that's it. What I would say is probably check on your side how it goes, but usually there's a different, there's a bunch of uh, options that are available. So for example, on our case here, you can send them by mail or email. And like, as far as mail, you can mail the application to your spouse lawyer or even directly to your spouse to register mail. So at least, you know, it was sent. 
I heard about email too as well because there's a way to track emails and and basically uh, making sure the person has received it and also secure email. So so that's another thing that's starting to be a bit more common. Can do it by courier as well. Again, by courier you always have something signed and when it's delivered and everything. There's also by fax. <laughs> it's still mentioned by fax. I don't know if anybody is still using fax these days besides maybe bank. I guess a fax is uh, something uh, still valid. And the exchange can also be directly uh, to your spouse or the lawyer if you want. You can bring actually the paper yourself there and just, you know, exchange it and having at least a proof that they were served. So when you, they get the paper, they'll sign you something that they received the document. So the important thing with the serving is to make sure that if they're served, that you have a proof that they were served. We talk about all those methods, but what if that person doesn't go get the papers? Or what if they refuse to actually get the papers? So that's where you have some services there and the lawyers take care of that. And there's some services that actually can track people. Like we see, they can track those people and make sure they get served wherever they are. So sometimes, you know, the person doesn't answer at home, but they'll make sure that they go uh, at their work, for example, to serve the papers. So that's another advantage, I guess, of having those papers uh, taken care that way. So you make sure that they're served and no matter what. So I hope it's a bit uh, clearer about the filing for divorce and the different options you can have to basically go ahead. And if you're stuck, like I said, I talk a bit about my experience. There's various ways of doing it. So it really goes down to what you feel comfortable doing. Obviously, how much money you have <laughs> or don't have. And also time. I mean, time is always of the essence at the end because, again, if you're stuck paying and taking care and most of the time it's, just, it's the status quo between the, the, the two parties, time becomes very important. And at some point, you want it to be done quickly. So that's it for this week. I hope that you found this episode useful. And like I said, if you ever you have any questions about it, you can always uh, send me an email. And as I always say, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> but I can definitely help and direct you in the right direction for you know any questions you might have. And again, depending on the, the countries, of the states or provinces, there are a lot of good resources online to tell you what exactly to do if you want to initiate uh, filing for divorce and serving papers and things like that. So I would really strongly suggest to go on the website of your uh, country or states or province and get the information from there. That said, if you have any uh, questions about this show or any other show, please feel free to send me an email at the divorce.diaries at gmail.com. Also, if you want to listen to the previous episodes or you need more information or Anything related to the podcast, you can go on my website on www.thedivorce.diaries.com and you'll be able to find pretty much the links to episodes and some information and everything. Currently working on the website as well. So hopefully uh, in the next uh, little while, you'll have a brand new website with much more information to help out if you have any questions. Also, you can always reach me on social media. So you can go on Instagram at the divorce.diaries or you can go on Facebook as well, Twitter. So you can always uh, reach me there if you have any questions. So please don't hesitate. And uh, even if you want to just say hi, don't hesitate. Just send me an email. It's always, those are always uh, appreciated from my side. So I hope you all have a great week and uh, we'll talk very soon. Bye-bye.